Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined by my dear friend and cohort, Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> are, you, are your kids in school? Are your kids in school? They they are. The good news is my kids are... Oh, I take it back. Phoebe's not in school. She's homesick. Um, and she was homesick oh. yesterday. And oh, I'm like, really? You really need to go back to school. You need to learn something. She's like, oh, I can get it all in Google Classroom. I'm like, mm, not the same. Not the same if you're used to going not to school. So, yeah. But the, um, the twins are back uh, and they are immersed in rehearsals for Shrek Jr., which is the musical at their school in about oh, um, awesome. six or eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. So um, John got cast as Baby Bear, and he is the understudy for Gingy, which is the gingerbread man. Um, and, and then uh, Daphne has... Uh, the understudy for Gingy. The understudy for Gingy. He was very excited about that. It means he will get to be in one performance regardless. I mean, there, he's not going to kneecap the kid who's the regular gingerbread man. But it just, if you're an understudy, you definitely get to do one performance during the run of the show. How, how many performances do they do? Um, I think they do six. They typically do um oh, a, a Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday night, and then Saturday matinee, and they do those two weeks in a row. So okay. yeah, so so it means that I'll definitely go to at least two performances because I'll want to see him as Baby Bear and one as Gingy. Um, and for Portland people listening, it's uh, at Da Vinci in um I think late February, early March. Um, I'll keep people posted. But I mean. Uh, oh, and then Daphne has more of a kind of chorus role. She is a um, unnamed fairy tale character, and um, but she has one or two speaking lines, just kind of a crowd voice, and um, they both are singing. You know, so it's as I said, it's a musical, and you know, I can sing the Welcome to Duloc song if you want, because <laughs> it gets sung a lot around <laughs> our house. <laughs> and I'm a believer awesome. by That's the so the monkeys. You know, they they do a rendition of that, and everybody's in that at the end of it. So, um, and I have to say, the thing I love about Da Vinci plays is um, they're typically about an hour 15 long. So they're long enough so you can really enjoy it and get into it. But then right when you're kind of like, yeah, okay, this kind of needs to be over. And then, boop, it's over. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I think an hour is a that's that's tops for a kid's play, I yeah. think. Hour and fifteen, that's a long time. Oh, Good for yeah, them. well I mean I like that there's no intermission and um yeah, I mean so Lion King I gotta say though, I was I hate to say that before last year when Phoebe was in Lion King, I didn't Lion King Junior, I didn't go to any of the performances to the musicals because she wasn't in it. And I mean I just loved it so much that I went two nights in a row. I mean it was it was good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, cool. um, so speaking of you know long things, you uh, were have been to some all day volleyball tournaments with Amelia. Oh yeah, it's a new swim meet. It's a swim meet of 2017. Um, yeah, volleyball tournaments. Who knew? Uh-huh. Who knew? Uh-huh. Um, club team. Yeah. So she's on her first year. Amelia's on her first year as a club team. So it's um, she's on a 14 year old team. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, so Grant, so it was in Pueblo, first of all, which is an hour and a half. The, the one on Sunday was in Pueblo, hour and a half South of here. First game yeah. is at, um, is at eight, eight. So they need to be there by seven thirty. So they're leaving at six AM, mm-hmm. eight AM mm-hmm. leaving at six. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could spend the night down there, but you really don't want to. Um, <laughs> no disrespect so, to people who live in Pueblo. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's just, it's more like, it's just a pain, right? And like, then it's a whole nother, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's just order- better to yeah. drive. And we're, we're an early morning family anyway. So that six o'clock wasn't so bad. They got home um, at about 530 and she played four games that day. 
So, oh and that's, gosh. and that's, and those are, they have those every other Sunday and then other tournaments. And, uh, it's just, I will say though, it's, it's, um, more exciting than a swim meet <laughs> because the action is, um, above water more continuous. <laughs> yeah. More sustained. And they're all, you know, they can play really well now. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even, you know, Amelia's, you know, her team is, is fine. It's a medium level team, but I mean, you know, the rallies are really exciting and fun mm-hmm. and, um, so that's that that part is fun, but it is a long day. I won't I won't lie. Um, but she loves it, so we're good. We're good. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't really want to talk about my kids. I want to talk about my colored corduroy, Sarah. <laughs> I realized that when I I went to I went to go put a pair on this morning that I never told you the story. You know I love colored cords, right? That's kind of my it was kind of my thing, right? I had an and the the keyword here is had. I had an orange pair. I had a like a kind of a lavender pair. I had two pink pairs. Kind of like give me a little zip on a dreary winter day. And you're day, talking right? as you're talking as an adult, right? Yeah, pants. Yeah, pants. yeah, yeah no, no, no. But I mean, ah. versus I mean, like I used to love pattern corduroys, but that was when I was three. So I just wanted. To, yeah, no. Yeah. When I was you know forty three, I loved my colored cords. Okay, yeah. okay, good, good, good. As an adult, uh-huh. yep. um, and because they were long, I mean, they I, I got them. Um, you know, they fit me mm-hmm. too, which was a thing. I mean, gap long, and so anyway, um, last spring, mm-hmm. um, we had the weather like you guys are having this winter, right? It was like um, beautiful, and then crazy blizzard, and then beautiful and crazy blizzards with this kind of schizophrenic weather. And um, so I started kind of switching over my closet to spring stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't quite sure if I needed to really put stuff away yet, put my winter stuff away. Okay. So I put it all, you know, we have a guest room that is basically like a junk room. Mm-hmm. So it's got a guest bed in it, it's got our treadmill mm-hmm. in it. And then that's where I put stuff where I, where I store my kind of my seasonal clothes mm-hmm. and um, stuff to go to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Stuff I want to give away. Oh, Dimity, I see where this story might be going. Oh, I had a pile of winter stuff. It wasn't just like my best pants ever. It was um, like the two cashmere sweaters <gasps> I owned. It was um, a pair of icebreaker wool pants that I loved, oh. um, like wool sweatpants. Um, wait, wait, wait. So, so did, did you actually give them away or did Grant? Grant on a very, you know, we have our own chores, right? We have our own chores. He does X, Y, Z. I do ABC, mm-hmm. right? On my ABC is I do the Goodwill drop off. Mm-hmm. For some reason, some lovely Saturday mm-hmm. morning, he was feeling very generous in spirit. And I and I welcome that thought for sure. Like, take over my chores. I'm good with that. But for Pete's sake, ask me what you're giving away. Oh, so I came oh, home. Tiffany, Dim- I can barely um, breathe. I feel so badly. I know, about right? This. I came home and I it was and it was and it wasn't. I mean, they sat there for a long time. I mean, they sat there for probably six weeks. So in his defense, like I should have done something with them, but I didn't, of course. And so yeah, there. Um, so he took them to Goodwill on a Saturday morning. I didn't realize it until Saturday night when it was closed. I went back on Sunday. There was no way to. I mean, they sort, they put sure. stuff away so quickly that, oh. oh, so I did, I mean, he was remorseful uh-huh. somewhat. And, um, <laughs> you know, he's like, well, I'll, it just means you get a new wardrobe from me next winter. And I was like, I don't want a new wardrobe. I like, I want my favorites. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I don't want to buy new clothes. You know, I, you have certain things that you just love. Oh, Tim, I'm, I mean, I know those orange corduroys. I know those orange corduroys. Yes, I know. Right. You do. And I, uh-huh. and I loved them with a capital L and like my sweaters. And then I was like, oh. and then I keep like discovering stuff. Like I was looking uh-huh. for those ice 
break your pants the other day. And I'm like, where are those? Where are those? And I was like, oh, they were in the pile. <laughs> so anyway, so I thought that, you know, that's kind of a fun, I mean, not a fun, I'm over it now. I, I got a couple replacements. They're not the same, but uh-huh. you know, unfortunately when I went to go buy some new cords online, like all the colors, like I like a bright pair uh-huh. and, uh, like they're very muted, uh-huh. right? They're like, oh, you can get navy blue or charcoal gray. I'm like, no, that's not. That, that, that's basically like, jeans. Like, I don't no, go to I a private orange. school. I don't go to parochial school. I can actually wear a yeah. fun color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, so that's that's my uh, little tale of woe oh, slash yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Dimity. Oh well, my heart goes out to you. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks. Oh. So when your husband wants to be, uh, you know, quote unquote helpful, make sure that. Make sure that, uh, you know, he gets instructions first, oh my gosh. right? But also, I can totally see if you're, you know, so obviously the person who buys those at Goodwill is going to be, like, really stoked. Like, you know, she, and she's going to be probably a 17-year-old volleyball player, right? Because yeah. she's, she's <laughs> got to be able to fit in your pants, you know, your your size 10 I know, long she's pants. she's going to be like, oh, my God, maybe here's an orange pair and a pink pair and a lavender. No way, you know? <laughs> So, so I can see you're going to be, now it all wraps together. You're going to be at one of these all day tournaments and you're going to see like the older sister of one of Amelia's teammates. And you're going to be like, those are mine. Did you get those at Goodwill? <laughs> Goodwill and Hampton, they belong to me. I know we were back there uh, in October for, um, I mean, I never, in my, you know, I never went back to look, to be honest, like to see if I could buy him back or whatever, because I would have. Um, but uh, I was there for an October, you know, looking for Halloween costume. And I just kind of like, you know, glanced through the racks, but <laughs> who knows? They're probably, who knows where they are. They're gone. Right. And maybe that was time, maybe it was time for me just to let go. Maybe that was the universe telling me I don't need any more orange cords, yeah. right? Oh my goodness. And you had at one point, because you are very generous and you have oftentimes given um, hand-me-downs to me because uh, I, I don't have legs as long as yours, but I can fit in some of your things that you're like, yeah, these are a little too short on me or something. So I have two great pairs of jeans from you and I had had two pairs of great corduroys. And finally, I'm just like, I don't really wear corduroys. And so oh. I... um. I was like, okay, so I gave mine away to Goodwill too. So. Oh shoot! Oh, I could have had yeah, them back. Yeah, they were they were a black pair, and I want to say a dark brown pair. So. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, so um, the better news is that we've got an awesome show today, right? So I mean, they may or not may or not be may they may or may not be wearing colored corduroys, but. We love them just the same, Yes, right? yes. Today we're joined by the two newest coaches in the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, first up is mother of three and podcast host of her own show, Lindsay Hine, who is guiding the 5K Success Club, and professional ultra racer Stephanie Howe-Violet, who will be heading up the new this year ultra marathon program. Stay with us. Joining us first is Lindsay Hine, who is a running coach in Indianapolis, and we met her when she helped host a mother runner party at the running store where you work. What's the name of that store again, Lindsay? Athletic Annex. Athletic Annex. That's right. That's right. Um, Lindsay is a mom to three young boys, all under five, I believe, and she's going to be coaching the 5K Success Program in the Train Like a Mother Club. So welcome, Lindsay. We know you're feeling a little under the weather, so hope you can hope you can hang on for about 15 minutes. Yes, I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to be partnering with you guys. It's great. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, so let's start first, of course, with the fun part. Your kids, um, you have three of them, um, right? Is that right? Yes. So I have Marshall, who's four and a half, and I have Lewis, who is just turned two, and then I have Russell, who is about to be three months. 
Oh, it's insanity. Oh my gosh. And Russell has, we talked about this on the webinar um, earlier this week, but um, Russell has more hair than hashtag, I do. Hashtag I mean, Russell, Russell like, hair. Russell, good hair. Good hair. Russell, Russell with the good hair. hair. Yeah. He's kind of an internet phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so do you, I mean, do you have, I mean, I know you're in the thick of it, but do you, is that, is that your, was it your goal to have three kids or do you want more or do you want a girl or where, what, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, we're just kind of like, well, we, we just kind of, we're like, well, if it happens, it happens. And then this third one happened a little bit quicker than, <laughs> you know, we expected. Um, so I think for sure we're like, okay, we need to wait till this kid is at least two and then like see how sane we are and decide what's gonna be next in our lives <laughs> nice nice sure, well he sure. posts such adorable photos of them on instagram oh, i just thank you. i just um grind my teeth into little nubbins every time i look at those pictures uh, they all have their own unique personalities they're so different <laughs> nice so Lindsay, we know you're a speedster now but tell us about your start in running and did i read somewhere that a friend talked you into it yeah so um in high school when i was like 16 my sophomore year my friend was on the track team and she was like, you need to come out. You need to come out. So I joined the track team. And then, of course, I naturally went to the distance um, part of the team. I was not – I could have never been a sprinter. So I was running, like, the mile. And the coach is like, you really need to join the cross-country team. So I did. And I had, you know, a little bit of a natural talent, nothing crazy. But I was – you know, I ran on the varsity team. And we went to state. And so um, it was just something that I, I loved so much. And I loved the community aspect of um, – you know, that team, that cross country team that I think young girls experience now still. Um, so then after high school, I ran in college to kind of stay in shape. And um, in 2008, when my husband and I decided to get married, we were like, we should also run a marathon and also buy a house this summer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did that. And we ran our first marathon, said we would never do it again. Um, but we caught the bug and I, th I think I ran 13 marathons and I've done a half Ironman too, but my husband and I also coach and I love, love working with new runners, beginners, people coming back from injury, back from baby, um, because I can so relate to that. I've had several surgeries and babies, so I know what it's like to um, have to get back on the saddle when you're not feeling so great right away. That's a, that's a great segue because I mean, the two things that you kind of hit on, I think are what are going to make you or what, what, what make you such a good coach and what will lend themselves so well to the 5k success program, because community is a mm -hmm. huge, huge part of the train, like a mother club. And especially when we've got people all on the same plan, it really is kind of amazing how the Facebook page and the Strava club go off because everyone kind of celebrates <laughs> bitches, you know, thrives ask questions. I mean, all those things. And, and you as a leader will um, encourage that and, you know, maybe kind of poke and prod it out of people, right? <laughs> um, and that, and then, and then also that, that beginner thing, you know, like working with um, people who, you know, are not necessarily um, naturally natural runners or women who ran in high school or things like that, but just kind of helping the, each person, um, find their inner runner within. I mean, can you, I realize that was a really long winded question, but I mean, can you kind of just talk about your coaching, coaching philosophy and how you want to lead this group? Yeah. Well, I love so much about coaching like this demographic of runners is that every new distance and every new time that you put out there is new and it's exciting. So you get to celebrate the little milestones and the big milestones. Um, when you go out and do 25 minutes the next week, when you're up to 30 minutes, that's another celebration. Um, and it's funny because 
um, like I mentioned before, my husband and I coach and you can always tell when an email comes from me or my husband because mine's like got 50 explanation points and <laughs> is like all over the place with, you know, like rainbows and butterflies. It's exciting. Um, but that means that I do know that it's not all rainbows and butterflies and there are days that are going to be hard and that's okay. Um, and this is just, this is my, this is my spot, man. This is, um, the, the mom coming back from a baby or an injury is, those are my people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're awesome. very honest about it. I mean, going back to your Instagram account, I'm thinking about this, um, those two photos you posted side by side of yourself in, um, mm-hmm. your triathlon bikini, and, you know, I mean, it was um, about body being proud, proud of your body and showing it as it really is. Um, I thought that was um, so great of you. And I commend you on that. Could you well, talk, a little you. Bit, talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of meeting yourself where you are? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because so now I've had three babies and I think it's really hard for us to not be self-critical. I mean, you just carried a child for nine months. Your body does all kinds of crazy things. And I even said in that post, like, after my first baby, I would have been embarrassed to share that picture. And I'm not, I didn't, you know, people probably look at that picture and think you look great. What are you talking about? You know? Um, but everybody's different. Everybody's built differently. Um, so my perception was, I don't feel like I look so hot here, but this is who I am. And I don't have a six pack. I'm well, I'm never going to have a six pack. (laughs) Um, but I just kind of wanted to share that. Like, you know what, you might see me posting that I'm back to working out and I'm running and swimming and biking a lot of days a week, but like, I still don't feel like my complete self again. And I won't probably for another, you know, seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You you know, you're trendy like that. Um, I saw <laughs> a people magazine post about, um, Oh, I can't remember her last name, but it's Petra from dancing with the stars. Who's married to, you know, that hot Maxim. shot Max. Yeah. Matt, you know, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, Lindsay? gosh, I don't know who oh, it is. Look at that, Lindsay, that behind on her pop culture. This must be a, an effect of having Russell or something. Come on. I, there's a lot of things that are an effect of having Russell. <laughs> you know what, though? I've never been a Dancing with the Stars person. I, I, I was originally back in the Did day. she post a post-baby picture? She did. She did. She put on, you know, she put on her little bikini or maybe she had on her sports bra or something, you know, and she, I mean, you know, it's like you're, you're like a uh, rubber yeah. band, right? You're not going to stretch back to where it was nine months. You know, it doesn't snap back. And after three, it definitely doesn't snap back as fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so in your own running life, Lindsay, it seems like you're very tied to the 5k distance and you know, you, as you said, you've run, you think 13 marathons, but it seems like you're always honing your speed and working on improving your 5k time. So mm-hmm. um, talk to us about how you think that will serve you well as you interact with slam club 5kers. Yeah, well, I think it's really important in in your pursuit for distance running to always keep up on those shorter distances because um, you're going to be working on your leg speed and things like that. Um, But I've also coached several uh, women's programs here in Indianapolis in person, so the Indy Women's Training Program, where a lot of the ladies start out with the 5K and then eventually move up to the half marathon. Not all of them do, but some of them do. Um, So, well... Gosh, I wish I could be out there like on a bike or running next to everybody in the program. Mm-hmm. But I will be on the Facebook page cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like um, the 5K is even though it's where you start a lot of times, it's important to keep coming back to it. 
Totally. Well, and so this program, this 5K success program, it starts with 25 minutes um, is your first workout, and it's 90 seconds of walking and 60 seconds of running, and it builds from there um, over 12 weeks. Um, so we've got a nice nice long time together. So we, we want people, of course, to cross a 5K finish line and feel like a total badass. But at the same time, we also really want to help them kind of make running a lifestyle too, right? Totally, yeah. And that's a big thing too. It's like, you know, I always go back to what my high school cross country told me. I mean, I was literally thinking about this the other day um, after I went for a swim because I didn't really want to swim and I only had like 15 minutes, but I thought, well, if I just swim 500 meters, like that's consistency rather than waiting till next week and swimming, you know, 1500 meters. So um, consistency is key. And what I always tell people is even if you don't feel like going for your run that day that's on the schedule, especially if it's one of your mandatory runs, um, you like just get started. And if it's 25 minutes, tell yourself, I'm going to go five minutes. And then you'll probably be like, I'm going to go eight minutes. And then you'll probably decide to do 15 and, and you'll, you'll feel better. It's that first five or 10 minutes that is really hard to get started, but know that everybody else is feeling that way too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking the other day about how, um, how often we say, it gets easier. It never gets easy. Yes. Yeah. Easier in different ways. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so Lindsay, I love that you are a podcast host too. Now we've turned the tables on you. Um, and I've been a guest on your show and it's such fun chatting with you and, and you're typically, typically you have more elite runners as your guests. Um, who've been some of your favorite interviews or any anecdotes that stand out in your mind? Well, yeah, I mean, I've had a really wide variety of guests and you were one of my first interviews. So I was probably like really nervous, even <laughs> though I knew, you know, you would be a good person to talk to. Um, you know, one girl, I always tell people that um, are new to my show to start this. One of these episodes that I love so much is with a girl named Claire Dietrich. And she's not an elite athlete, but she's an ultra runner. Mm-hmm. And she's also a army vet and mm-hmm. she has completed Badwater well, it's like 135 mile race, but her interview, I loved so much. Just the inspiration. This woman has done crazy things. Um, but I've also interviewed people, you know, that are into CrossFit and owning their own small business. Um, but yeah, I would say Claire Dietrich and then Emily Enfeld. I did interview her right before the Olympic trials this summer and she was a blast to talk to. She was totally up on the pop culture. <laughs> and, and remind people, remind folks who she is. Yeah. Emily Enfeld, she ran the 10 K at the, in the Olympics this, this year. Uh-huh. Nice. Nice. And she's just an adorable. You guys should follow her on Instagram. She's adorable. Nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so so do you do you feel like you've lost your pop culture edge now with each with each new child you lose a little bit of your pop culture edge? Well, you know, I'm really into The Bachelor. Um, <laughs> right, I'd forgotten so, that. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, I half watch it. I mean, I watch it and then I'll rewind and I'll, you know, I'll be like editing or you know, doing <laughs> random stuff while I'm watching. So I'm not like, you know, a diehard. I don't watch the night. I watch usually the first hour and then I'm like I have to go to bed because it's on until 10 and that's way too late when you have three wait, kids. Wait, it lasts more, that show, each episode lasts more than an hour? It's two hours. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, yeah, I have it's no eight idea. To 10, which is I another like, reason why you should watch it the next day because then you, it's I'll shorter. Get fast forward, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> Dimmy and I. There's a way I, to do I, this. I think the only time I watch it, Dim, tell me if this is the case for you, is when our, when our uh, buddy from the magazine world, Eric Hagerman, was one of the bachelors on. Yeah, I watched. I guess he was on the Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I watched. Um, I mean, I definitely watched it from the very beginning. I'm, I'm over it now. But I, but I respect your, um, your commitment to it, Lindsay. And, um, you know, it is fun. It's fun vicarious living. So that's there's nothing wrong with that, right? 
Well, and I'm I'm a later to the show person. I mean, I'm probably like the last four or five years, and I don't I'm not as addicted to the Bachelorette. I enjoy the Bachelor much more than the actual Bachelorette. So, mm, interesting, yeah. mm, important <laughs> distinction there. Yeah, awesome. awesome. <laughs> well, so the um the five the five K Success Program opens for registration uh, this Monday, January thirtieth. Um, and we're going to be taking people, and like I said, it's 12 weeks long, so we're going to be training for races in May and June. Um, so the first race is May 6th and 7th, and then the next race would be May 13th and 14th, which is Mother's Day, and there's a lot of Mother's Day 5Ks around the country, so that's mm-hmm. something to think about, maybe a little 3.1-mile present to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And then going through the rest of the year, we have them, you know, um, programs going for races in July and August, September, October, and then all the way to the end, nearly the end of December. And, and um, it's, a, it's about the race for sure. I mean, it's nice to have a goal. But but like Lindsay said, it's really about creating time for yourself, getting kind of your finding your sweat groove and finding a place to, to you know, work out consistently um, over the week and have kind of a, a tribe of teammates to help you find that time when you can't find it for yourself. So um, we hope you'll join us if that's where you are. Nice. Thanks for talking with us, Lindsay, and feel better. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Now we are joined by Stephanie Howe-Violet, who is the coach of the Ultra program that we're also debuting on Monday, January 30th. We're going to have a 50K and a 50-mile program. And the, st- and the coach, Stephanie, is a Minnesota native who lives in Bend now. So, Sarah, she's got both, you know, my roots and your state yep. in, her, uh, in her bio. And, um, and she's the mom to Riley, who is a seven-year-old dog who, in my guess, she's probably run more miles um, in her lifetime than both of us combined, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Riley's very good at giving high fives, it looks like. Yes, yes. very good. Very she's good. talented. She's a talented dog. Yeah, so take us back to the start, Stephanie. You came to ultra running via cross-country skiing, right? Or Nordic skiing, right? Yeah, living in Minnesota, um, it's kind of what you did in the winter, uh, Nordic skiing. There's a lot of snow. <laughs> and um, I raced in high school and college as a Nordic skier. And then I just kind of found that, you know, I loved skiing, but I was a better runner, um, much to my frustration at the time. But as I, as I got a little bit older and, um, realized that running was really an awesome thing to be able to do, to just go out from your doorstep. Um, I started to fall in love with running and particularly in, um, the trail scene, just because I, I had moved out West. I was living in Bozeman, Montana. There was trails all over the place. And I really started to enjoy long, long runs on the trails um, I moved to Oregon and I dabbled in a few races and just realized that um, the longer the race, the better it was for me. And so I just kind of found my niche through, um, I guess, exploring. Nice, nice. Well, you have an incredibly, incredibly impressive race resume, Stephanie. When Dimity sent right. me to your website to show me who she was considering for the train, like a mother club ultra coach, I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, you're you're talking to that person? Like, ah, oh, that's fantastic. So um, please, please share some of the highlights of your racing career. Like what have been your favorite moments and the finishes you're most proud of? You know, it's every, there's, there's so many, but I think probably the highlight, um, for me was, uh, winning Western States mm-hmm. in, in 2014 and partially because it was my first hundred miler wow. and it was a race that meant a lot to me just because of, you know, the history and just the energy and everything surrounding that race. It was kind of, it's 
what probably one of the most iconic prestigious races and so for me to be able to run that race um and win it as my first hundred was pretty special um and then another one that just happened i'm i'm pretty proud of because um last year i was injured the entire year i was rehabbing um surgery on my Achilles. And so I didn't get to run at all. It was really frustrating, but I just came back and won the Bandera, um, 100 K it was the USATF national championships. And, um, yeah, I won that. And it, it felt so amazing to just have my body be able to push again and feel good again. So it was, you know, really a, a, sweeter just because of the whole last year yeah well and by winning it she means she beat the men and the women right wow. it's not just she, I, she wasn't, wasn't the first female she was the overall winner that's amazing. I, yes i was the overall winner it doesn't happen often so it was it was really cool yeah i'd say so really cool and also i have to say as a side note that's amazing that so western states 100 which you were the first place woman in 2014 as you said and that that was your first 100 miler and then the winner the following year magda she that was also her first hundred mile race so yeah yeah Magda and I have a lot of similarities with that and it you know just that was really cool for her as well yeah. to have that happen yeah, yeah. That's, that's just amazing I mean it's such an as you said such an iconic race and such a demanding race that yeah. then, then both <laughs> both of you were able to be like yep okay I'm just gonna turn it on right here right now <laughs> oh yeah easier said than done <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so you talked a little bit about your your um, injury. So let's talk about that for a second, because you had surgery and you spent a year off the trails. Can you tell us kind of what happened and how you dealt with it, both mentally and physically? Yeah, it was it was pretty tough for a while. I, you know, I'd had Achilles um, kind of pain, stiffness for about a year. And it was just one of those things where it would feel great when I was running. But after I finished a run, it would just kind of seize up and then I would limp. And it was um, not, I guess, not really in my Achilles, but in my heel. And it just got to the point that it was impacting my quality of life. Like I would, you know, just dread getting up and walking to the kitchen because mm. I knew I would limp. And it, it just, it really started to um, cut into my ability to run. Like I, I just couldn't really run more than a few miles without it um, really hurting after. So I opted to get surgery um, last December, and it, you know, part of it was I had tried time off. I had tried all, you know, a bunch of conservative um, treatments, and I just wanted to like do the right thing and like get healthy. So I went to Sweden and um, got surgery. I partly went to Sweden because actually the, the the main reason I went there was the surgeon there is an expert. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do it right. And it was a great experience. Um, but in my mind, you know, you get surgery and then you're fixed, right? You feel good. I never had anything invasive like that before. I mean, probably the most invasive thing I had was a cavity. So I just <laughs> wasn't really aware of how that process, the recovery process works. So it, it was really hard for me in the months after surgery, because I thought I was going to be feeling good. I, I yeah. forgot that, or I guess I didn't know that, you know, you have to relearn how to use your foot and you have all the scar tissue and it doesn't heal overnight. So it was kind of a, a rude awakening that, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm going to have to be really patient with this. Um, so, and true to my form, you know, I'm kind of um, ambitious <laughs> in <laughs> my plans. And so I had um, talked with the surgeon and he, 
you know, I really wanted to run Western States, which was in June. So six months after surgery, um, he thought it was possible if everything went right. And, you know, this is kind of where I made a mistake. And it's it's good looking back because um, I, I think I learned from it. But I, I really tried to make this race happen. And so I cross-trained really hard when I was um, rehabbing. I did a lot of rowing. Um, once I could bike, I was on the spin, spin bike, um, a lot of, you know, lifting, just anything I could do to keep myself fit. And then when I started running, I was almost too fit for my own good because <laughs> – Although it felt easy, like, you know, to, to run four or five miles for my foot, that was a brand new thing for it to be doing. So, you know, like a, a mile is actually really far. So long story short, I, I, tra I trained, I tried to, you know, get ready for Western States and I ended up getting a stress fracture Oh boy! and yeah, it wasn't really surprising because the whole year before my right leg would get really sore. Um, and my left leg wasn't feeling anything. So it was just overcompensating mm -hmm. and I just ramped up too quick. So after that, I just let go of everything. You know, I was just like, okay, you know, just heal yourself. So it, and that was so freeing for me to just put it behind me, or I guess just put it beside for a while, just, you know, do things that made me feel good, like spend time with friends, do yoga, and I would like, you know, I'd like to say it was easy to just let it go, um, but it it wasn't. It took some time, <laughs> um, but it it gave me this this whole new perspective on running and respect for my body. And I realized that oh my gosh, life goes on. You know, <laughs> each day wasn't the worst day ever when I couldn't run <laughs> or cross train. Um, so fast forward to September um, when I finally was able to start running again it felt good. And I, I eased into it. And it's just been, you know, I kind of came out of it with flying colors. I, I feel great. But I'm also still keeping some of those lessons I've learned um, with rest, recovery, and just, you know, sometimes you should push your limits, but sometimes you should back off. So that was probably, you know, the long version of that story, but <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think there's definitely lessons for everybody in that story, you know, and it's interesting to have you, an elite athlete, make the same mistakes that we make. Right. You know, and right. not, not saying yeah. like, you know, shame on you, but more that like you like it so much and you, you know, it's hard. It's hard to step away from. Right. Yeah. I'm human too. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, we really should have introduced you as Dr. Stephanie Howe-Violet as you have a <laughs> PhD in nutrition and exercise science. So um, first of all, I hope it's okay. We've been calling you Stephanie and uh, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> um, talk to us about how you blend all of your exercise and life passions into your coaching. Yeah, it's really cool to have both aspects. So I've, you know, studied exercise physiology and nutrition um, for the past 10 years. And what you learn, um, you know, by reading research articles, um, you know, by doing research yourself and um, going through textbooks, that's really great information. But it's always different when you apply it to real life. So for me, it's cool to have that educational background, but then also the personal experience of, you know, when I'm telling someone, um, you know, about nutrition or how to fuel properly, I actually know what that feels like. 
because there's some gray area between by the book and then, you know, real life. Mm -hmm. So it's been really cool for me to, to kind of blend that, um, for my own racing, um, training. And then also for the people that I work with, um, I really think it's, it's important to understand how the human body works when you're trying to design a training plan for, um, a lot of different types of people, because there's not a one size fits all in terms of like, you know, talking to people and like what they need and understanding, um, you know, differences in physical things. Um, also even just like mental and lifestyle things. So I, I just, the more, the more I learn, the more I realize like how many variables and factors go into, um, helping someone. So it's, you know, I, I love being able to, to use that education, um, to help people reach their goals. Awesome. Well, that's definitely kind of what we're going to do when we, when we, with these programs, with this 50 K and 50 mile program, it's going to be a pretty comprehensive look at your training and, you know, getting, making sure that you're recovering as Stephanie talked about, making sure that you're eating well, both on and off the trail. And then of course the miles. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about, first of all, like how, you know, you know, your experience with people. I, I, I imagine that most of the people that you are going to train are becoming, you know, for their first probably first or second shot at an ultra, you know, we don't have that many ultra runners in the train, like a mother crowd yet, or the AMR crowd, but I'm, I'm sure that they're out there. Um, so kind of how you deal with first timers and then also kind of your philosophy overall and how to make sure that they taste success at their finish lines. Yeah. Um, first time runners are my absolute favorite. Um, it's, you know, they are so eager to learn and just, um, you know, being able to kind of guide them through the process for the first time is really, really rewarding for me. Um, the first thing that I I try to make people realize that training for an ultra, it doesn't mean you have to run hundreds of miles. Um, it's more about the quality. Um, and that's one of my coaching philosophies. It's quality over quantity. Everyone is busy, has things going on. And when you emphasize the important workouts and make sure that you recover and adapt, you're going to thrive. So I think, you know, it's not, you don't have to set aside like, you know, 20 hours a week of training. Um, but just knowing that, you know, the, the workouts, you need to make them happen, the key workouts. Um, and then, you know, the rest of your week, you just kind of fit in, um, you know, shorter, shorter runs that, um, kind of support the training. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not as daunting as it may seem. Um, Yeah. Other things that are really important to me are, um, as you mentioned, the, the things outside of the training. So the rest and recovery. And I think in an ultra, um, training plan, that's even more important because you're going to be doing higher volume. You need to make sure there's enough rest and recovery built in. Um, and I think, you know, with everyone setting goals, um, so that they do feel successful is important. And I like to, to think in terms of an A, B and C goal. Um, and you can kind of, you know, do them based on time or on, you know, just a intangible thing, like how you feel or finishing with a smile on your face, but three types of goals, um, just to, so you have something to work towards in a race. So I think everyone, like their C goal is to finish the race, right? Cross that finish line. Um, their A goal might be, you know, finish a certain time. And then a B goal might be to just fuel well, smile and, you know, finish, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then with, uh, the training, you know, it's, 
on trails, it's a little bit different than road running. Um, so mileage isn't as important. So a lot of the training will kind of be revolved around time on feet, especially with the long runs. So if you're able to run like three to four hours, that's, that's a big chunk of, you know, big chunk of time to be out there. Mm -hmm, And that is more important than being able to run a certain mileage. So a lot of the plans will be revolving around um, time, which is, um, I don't know, I enjoy that because then you're not like worried about like counting miles and pace. You're just kind of more out there enjoying um, your run. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of ticking away the display an hour go by. Absolutely. Absolutely. And well, that's the other thing about we we talked about in the webinar, I mean, the trail running is so, it is very different than road running in that like, you know, one mile, you know, might be a 20 minute mile because you're climbing slash hiking the whole thing. And then the next thing, you know, the next time you're coming down the other side and you've got an, a 10 minute mile, you know, there's not that kind of, even in, in, in clients and, you know, even on a hilly course, you're going to have on the road, you're going to have a, a, a nice more consistency where it's more of an adventure kind of, you know, Oh, let's see what's around the bed. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a great way to think about it an adventure. And it's, you know, it is truly enjoyable when you can go out and explore and kind of lose yourself in the trails. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So just, just a little, here's just a couple basics. Um, you know, it's going to be 24 weeks long, so it's six months. Um, and we settled on that time. It feels like a long time, but we really want to ramp you up safely and mileage and also give you enough time because chances are, you know, even I, I live in Denver, which is a trail, you know, a trail city, a trail state, and I have a hard time getting to a trail to run on during the weekday, you know, so weekends, you know, hopefully you'll be able to access some trails, but um, just making sure you have enough time to feel technically strong and physically strong um, so that, like you said, you kind of feel like a rock star on race day. Um, they're going to start, um, the plans are going to be open for registration in um, on, like I said, on Monday the 30th, but they're going to start actually, I believe March 7th is the date. It's early March um, when we'll have everything ready for you guys. And the first race that we can get you ready for is August 19th and 20th. Um, from there until any race through the end of the year, or beyond, um, we can help you with. And we're gonna do a target race with this group. Um, we are gonna target, Sarah, maybe you you might need to, um, you know, find a reason to be there, but uh, the North Face um, Oh, in San Francisco. San Fran- yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, ho, ho. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the first weekend in December, that is. Um, and so, you know, that's, you know, they haven't updated their website or anything, but that's, you know, that's definitely the race that um, Coach Stephanie will definitely be at, um, I will be at. And mm-hmm. so if that's a race that's interesting to you, they have a 50K, they have a 50 miler. They also have um, other distances, a marathon relay, a marathon, a half marathon. Oh, so beautiful. That is, um, I mean, those valleys over there, it's my de- my definition of nirvana, truly, truly. So just so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a fun scene there. They have a great organization and just a lot of energy and excitement. So it's, it's a really fun race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you occasionally get down to sea level cause it's right there next to the yeah, coast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately you have to go right back up, right, but, sure. <laughs> but you do have that zero, yeah. zero for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking about enticing things, I was um, honestly drooling over some of your recipes and food shots, Stephanie, on your site and on Instagram account, um, especially a few of your sweet treats, like those homemade chocolate caramel cups you made for Halloween. I think you need to ship some oh, of those yeah. to Dimity, stat. Um, 
and then uh, and the baked chocolate donuts. Um, so, what's your approach to eating, and how does it include these desserty items? Yeah, I I love cooking and baking. It's like one of the ways I relax myself. Um, my philosophy on eating is that it should be enjoyable, and you should eat real food. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about nutrition right now. And really it comes back to the basics. And, you know, when you, when you just not, you know, kind of subscribe to one way of eating or another and just focus on good quality foods, I think that's the most healthy approach. Um, and it definitely can impact your, your health and your performance, your ability to train, recover, um, so it is an important piece, and it's something that I think as a coach I, I like to, to teach people about. Um, and once you get into the, you know, being able to cook and make your own things, um, it's really fun to be able to, you know, make things like homemade donuts, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's not like there's any, like, bad foods like that. It's just a matter of using good quality real ingredients, like – yeah, I could go on and well, on. Well, I mean, those donuts had um, <laughs> Greek yogurt in the, because you do kind of, it looked like a peanut buttery type topping on them, and it included Greek mm-hmm. yogurt. And so, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of sugar and chocolate slammed together. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, using quality ingredients and things that are going to be nourishing to your body, um, mm-hmm. I I think are important. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are, <laughs> I love making recipes like that. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm going to be in Bend in late late May for the Happy Girls yeah. Race. So <laughs> Perfect. We'll have a little cook-off at my house oh, or something. Good, good, good. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Stephanie. We look forward to uh, lots and lots of miles ahead for our ultra women. Thank you. Thanks, Stephanie. Well, Dim, I think they are both such excellent coaches. I'm really just so excited for them to be added to the Train Like a Mother Club posse of yeah. coaches. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's really it's really a fun team, and, and I love what everybody brings. They each kind of bring their own little flavor and perspective of coaching. And um, really, you know, the, the best part is, I mean, on a webinar, they both said separately – you know, I love watching other people succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's mm-hmm. the thread that runs through all of our coaches is, yeah, I'm an athlete and I want to, you know, I want to do all myself, but holy cow, if I can get the best out of you, that raises us both up. Right. And it's just, it's so cool. So, um, mm-hmm. so we've got so many things opening on Monday, Sarah. It is like, it's like a fire sale around my, my office. It's like right a, a brand like, new mall that's coming to town. Seriously. <laughs> Move over Macy's. Here comes the train like a mother club. Um, yeah. So Monday, of course, the 5k success opens with Lindsay, uh-huh. um, and the ultra programs open. And again, I just want to reiterate, we, um, Stephanie was out of the country for most of January and then was racing or most of De- all of December racing in January. So um, she's home for a while and we are going to work hard to get these 24 weeks totally dialed up. Mm-hmm. If you go to the ultra page right now, there is a document that has two sample weeks uh, for, for both the 50K and the 50 mile program, as well as prerequisites and other things you might want to know. So there's a lot of information there. We just don't have the exact plan mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so just FYI. Right. And that you said those. But those will, yeah, open yeah. For, those will open for registration. And like I said, we can get you 
um, to an ultra from August, kind of middle of August to, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a special snowflake situation and have one in early August and want to start early, you know, that happens a lot. That's fine. Just email us and, and we can set it up. Dim just loves um, a good okay. special snowflake. Uh. I, I do. I do. I love, especially if I, you know, I, I would love to help. I mean, we want to help you, yeah. right? And, and, you know, and if you have your race, your mind set on a race, that's August 1st. Like, let's do yeah. it. Um, okay, the Sprint Triathlon Club is going to open that that program. It's 12 weeks. And um, so far, the tri coaches, Liz and Jen, are so awesome. I mean, just I just kind of sit back and watch the Facebook page there because they are on top of things like <laughs> I've never seen. Like their, their, their answers are paragraphs and they're very <laughs> thorough and very um, encouraging as well. Uh-huh. So, um, so that is – so the Sprint is going to be opening and then the Half Ironman – I hope we have a couple hours to go through all this. So um, <laughs> for the, the half Ironman program. So I, I um, we're kind of doing like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Because when we did the webinars for half for the triathlon um, in December, people were asking about half Ironman plans. And again, it's a huge commitment. It's a 22 week plan. And it's a big commitment as far as your lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Because that race, I mean, is going to take you somewhere between probably six and eight hours. It's not a, it's not quote unquote, just a marathon, uh-huh. right. Or just a, so, um, so we're kind of doing a little experiment and we need to have 20 people on this half Ironman team. Um, so far we have 10 signed up for sure. And then four also for sure's that are just not signed up yet. So, <laughs> Um, so there's 14. Um, so we're looking for six more people. Um, hopefully we can get that going by the um, beginning of February. And um, again, those races that we can get you ready for start in um, early July on that one because it's 22 weeks, early July all the way through December. So um, the guidance, I mean, Liz and Jen are, um, there's one woman in Wisconsin who is trying uh, is, she emails me daily almost to, um, because she wants it to go so badly. And she's like, these guys are like legends around here. Oh, awesome. Um, so they are just such awesome coaches. So if, if half Ironman is on your mind, this is a great place to jump in and get really personalized coaching mm-hmm. at a rate that is not, um, you know, an individual monthly rate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, not finally, um, but, or last, but, uh, the 10 K run and race programs, which are going to be led by coach Amanda, mm-hmm. who's your co-host occasionally, mm-hmm. um, races in May and June are opening half Ironman. I mean, not the half Ironman, half marathon mm-hmm. in, um, June and July, the traditional program. And then finally the July heart rate race programs, which are 20 weeks long. So if you're racing in July, and want to run by heart rate, that is going to open as, on Monday as well. And those target the half marathon traditional and the 20-week programs for July. <laughs> Bear with me, I'm almost there. Um, the last race of that cycle is um, Jack and Jill's downhill marathon yeah. and half marathon. And that's another target race for us. So Coach MK will be there. I will be there. Um, Coach Amanda can't make it. She's got a family vacation then. But we are expecting, I've heard around, rumors around the club are that there's going to be a nice um, group of women there. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, I believe it's a pretty small race and I don't know where registration stands, mm-hmm. but um, check it out. Yep, yep. So that, okay, I'm done. Yep, and that race is up in Seattle. <laughs> and if people are more of a visual learner than an auditory one, um, you can find all of this great information at trainlikeamother.club. And there's lots of drop down menus there that will give you all the information that, that Dimity just surmised. So thank you, Dimity. Um, You're welcome. Yes. 
Now it's your turn yeah, to. So, to uh, so now my turn. Now I'm going to take the big suck of oxygen. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm at sea level, so it'll be easier for me to <laughs> me to get it all in. Um, so I am hoping actually to get your input, listeners, um, your literal voices on two upcoming podcasts. First up is next week's show is about drinking and running, as in drinking alcohol. Um, one of my guests is going to be Dorothy Beal of Mileposts. It's um, kind of how drinking alcohol can affect performance and life. And I want to hear from a bevy of you mother runners about your drinking habits. How much? How often? If your drinking changes when you're training, if you've made changes in your drinking habits, anything like that. So please record a voice memo on your phone about this topic. The voice memo should be one to two minutes long, and please start by telling us your first name and where you're calling from. I need voice memos by noon Pacific time next Tuesday, which is January 31st. Please email them to shopgal at anothermotherrunner.com, and I'll post the deadline email in the description of this podcast so you don't need to now repeat shopgal at anothermotherrunner.com 17 times. <laughs> and uh, the second show the I want your input on girl. is about working non traditional. It's shop sorry. gal. Shop gal. It's shop gal, not gal. shop girl. Yep, okay. yep, Go shop on. gal. On, um, I'm merch girl, but I'm sh- it's the email address is shop gal. Um, so <laughs> the second show that hoping you'll chime in on if this applies to you is working non-traditional hours while managing to fit in running or training. And on that show, I'm going to interview a variety of women in jobs that aren't nine to five, including a dairy farmer, a midwife, a nurse, and an and NPR correspondent Tamara Keith. Um, exclamation point exclamation point and i want to hear from you on yeah that's big have i not told you that tim no you haven't (laughs) i might have tweeted it i've been i've been busy taking inventory around here you know so so i want to hear from you though mother runner on how you fit in runs maybe after a night shift or being on your feet for 10 hours straight or working several jobs or maybe if your partner works you know a non-traditional job hour you know, things. Um, so please again, record a voice memo on your phone. That's one to two minutes long and start with your first name and where you live. I need these voice memos by noon Pacific time on Tuesday, February 7th. Please email them again to shopgal at anothermotherrunner.com. To repeat, voice memos should be one to two minutes long. Start with your first name and where you live. I need the alcohol-related ones by Tuesday, January 31st, and the non-traditional work hours recordings by Tuesday, January 7th. And those should be emailed to shopgal at anothermotherrunner.com. Thank you in advance, and I really, really hope to include a lot of voices in these shows. Woo! So uh, many happy miles to you. 